0: Welcome, everybody. You are listening to Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. My name is Amanda, and I'm a registered massage therapist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we are doing another episode. I think we called the segment "Hanging with Our Listeners." And since Mark is not with us tonight, I will have to double check that I am naming the segment correctly. <laughs> but we are talking to Jody, who is actually currently in Seaside, California. So we're doing another Facebook Live. But she is originally from Ontario and came across our podcast and has been recommending it to people and reached out to us and let us know how much she's been enjoying it. And uh, because she's a fellow Canadian and living in the States, I decided let's have you on to chat about some things. So Jody, thanks for hanging out with us tonight.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. So I want to start with getting to know you a little bit. Um, I didn't even mention that you actually just like literally just finished massage therapy school in California, right?
1: I did. Yes.
0: Yay. Well, congratulations. Woohoo. Party. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. So yeah. before we talk about the massage side, um,
1: where are you from originally?
0: Where in Ontario.
1: Well, I'm from Sarnia area. I'm from a little tiny town called Wyoming. And I grew up sort of like my childhood in Thunder Bay, remote. Uh, remote oh, wow. Bay. And then I went, we went back to Sarnia when I was about 14. So I went to high school there. And then I went to Brock University in St. Catharines. And I was there the longest of any city. Yeah, met my first husband, had my child, you know, went to university actually studied music I'm a classical singer first
0: and foremost oh my Uh god okay I just did a Facebook live this episode just came out so I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to it yet but I just did a Facebook live with another massage therapist from Sacramento California whose first love was musical theater and that was like his first um, education before he went into massage and we've had another Mm -hmm. guest on here who's done musical theater Mark himself is a musician so Last podcast we did, I actually said, "Like, is this a theme? Is the musicians <laughs> and massage that go together?" Like, I, I'm not a musician. In fact, um, Mark will tell you I should never sing. It's like bad for the environment. Oh. But apparently, this is like a theme that we have. So, you studied music first.
1: I did. Yeah, I studied um, voice and early music and conducting. So, I uh, I've been a singer since. Basically I started university and um I sing you know, I sang back home in Canada. Um I had a private voice studio, so um working one on one and has been a, a big part of what what I have done for a long time. So massage is kind of similar to that now for me. Um so you were you were a vocal coach? Yeah, I was oh, a vocal coach okay. and adjudicator and soloist. I starting to solo around. And then I met my now husband who's American. So short time later, it's like, oh, wow, here I am living in the United States. Well, (laughs) we were in Virginia for about four years. He's from there. And then we moved out here to California, and now I get to see palm trees and never a snowbank again, and I am so happy. Ugh, I am so
0: envious. But again, we spoke about this on the, the last episode as well. As much as I despise the cold, any of these places like that we dream about possibly living, Mark finds something wrong with them. It's always natural disaster related. He doesn't want to go to any place where there's earthquakes or hurricanes or tornadoes or volcanoes. So, you know, that takes away all the nice places.
1: Oh, well, you know, I we, we moved here shortly before the big earthquake in Napa in 2014 which was oh. really kind of scary because that was about, I don't know, maybe an hour and a half North of where we were living. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Oh my God, some big, you know, drunk, crazy person is running up and down the stairs outside of the apartment. And Oh my like, God, the entire building shaking. And I'm like, well, how about that? But <laughs> that's crazy.
0: So like you, how long have you been and living so there? Funny,
1: We've been living here for almost five years,
0: but sorry, I, I meant to say, how long have you been, had you been living uh, there when that earthquake happened?
1: Oh, um, I want to say about a month. Oh wow! So, so you were brand like, okay. new. Yeah, yeah, brand new. And all of a sudden, this huge earthquake happens, and we weren't anywhere near it. Actually, we were in Sunnyvale at the time, and that happened in Napa. I'm like, wow, these things really reverberate. But uh, living in St. Catharines, I had felt a couple, as it was. So I'm like, well, these aren't too too bad. I mean, knock some stuff down off the walls, no biggie.
0: Wow, like talk about initiation. Welcome to California, earthquake.
1: Yeah, yeah, shake. Shaka shaka.
0: either way shaka. it is nice that you don't have to deal with the snow and the cold I mean I'm sure you know if you have any family or friends back here in Ontario that we basically just got some nice weather we've had the coldest spring imaginable
1: yes yeah my, I talk with my sister frequently and she's in Sarnia and it's like are you, are you still oh my god you're just posting pictures of snow Wow yeah it's brutal it's brutal I mean,
0: so anyway I'm you're shut up right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're in a much nicer place right now. Um, so why California? Like you said, your husband's from uh, West Virginia. Why California? Uh,
1: my husband's from Virginia. He works oh, Virginia. Uh, in Washington, <laughs> D.C. So he uh, is a computer guy, you know, sort of information security. That's um, a nice way of putting that he's a hacker. So uh, he got contacted <laughs> by a company out here. And uh, we were like, well, Let's see. See, We'll give it a year, see what we think. So we were living in Sunnyvale, which is right in the middle of Silicon Valley. Then he got a different job. So where he was traveling and working from home, so we were like, well, let's go see if we can find some place that feels a little more—I don't know—California. Maybe there's a beach around or something. So we went a little further south. I um, knew, uh, you know, a few people here in California and got some good opinions from them on where to where to look. My son and I went for a drive down to Monterey, which is like the big area right here. We went and took a drive and found a couple places we liked and and just moved. And we were really happy for it because it actually feels a little more like, like home in Canada. It's a little sleepier, it's not as busy, and and it's really quite lovely.
0: Sleepy and not busy doesn't exist for me, Uh, but I can imagine coming from a small town in Ontario that, yeah, that would have been quite a change moving to California, but now you kind of get a little taste of home except no snow, and you get palm trees. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. We see Monterey Bay out from our living room. It's really pretty.
0: So awesome. So when you moved there, were you working, were you staying home? home like when did you decide to go back to school for massage therapy
1: before we moved Yeah, this is on to vocation number two. In addition to being a musician, I'm also a glass artist. So um, I ran two different glass studios in Virginia. When we came out to California, I was like, hmm, do I want to do more glass? Do I want to do more music? Well, I think I'll try the music because I couldn't have my glass studio where we were living at the time when we first moved out. We were in an apartment. so And I do flame working, so sitting there with a torch and stuff. So it's uh,
0: not exactly apartment friendly. How do you get into something like that? Like, it always amazes me when I talk to different people and... I sometimes will just look at Mark and say, like, the things people do for work. Like, how do you discover that you like doing glass art? It just seems like such an obscure thing to to get into, but obviously people do it.
1: As a musician, I was I bought some beads with a friend, and I was going to make some recital jewelry. And I thought, well, this is cool. And I had beads left over, and I just wound up kind of keeping on collecting beads and things like that. And then I saw these really neat art glass beads that were actually handmade, and I went, well, those are really interesting looking. And I'm the sort of person that I go, the more things, some things catch my eye or catch my interest. I go, I think I need to know more about that. So Okay. Uh, I'm making glass beads after that. I took a class and went up to a, a trade show. I'm like, they're like, can I get you anything? I'm like, yes, just give me the entire setup. Thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, not exactly impulsive. I had planned it for some time, but um,
0: and then so did you that. teach? Did you teach yourself, or did you go and learn from someone? Like, how do you become good at become being a glass artist?
1: Practice makes better. Yeah. Okay, I really so you were self taught. Uh, class, I took a few classes. Yeah, I took a class in Toronto. Actually, my first class at the Distillery District it was a really great experience. Oh. I took a few other classes, but it was really you know practicing and doing and watching videos online, and I had a couple books, and it was just basically do it until you get it right, and um, there we go. So after I came out here to California, we wound up being in a house where I could do some glass. I was also writing for a glass magazine, like an online journal sort of thing, uh, which was really fun. I uh, hurt my back. I blew a disc, and this was also right at the time where I started singing for this really great festival here uh, in Carmel. I wound up pretty much like not able to move. I, I blew my disc in my L5 S1. Oh if no. for a massage therapist and a great chiropractor, I wouldn't have been able to do the festival. Mm-hmm. And again, that whole idea of, wow, this has made me able to actually function. I think this is something I should know a little bit more about. And, you know, two years later, here I am sitting with <laughs> just finished massage therapy school. So amazing
0: i think that that's a lot of a lot of therapists actually there's there's a characteristic that pretty much every massage therapist has which is this desire to work with people and help people that's kind of like innate i feel in a lot of people who work in this industry but a lot of people get into it because of some sort of personal experience you know where they didn't exactly know what massage therapy was or what it could do for them and all of a sudden they have to go see a therapist because they've been in some sort of accident or sports injury or whatever it is. And they realize like, holy shit, this is like amazing. I, I want to know how to do this. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like a common thing for a lot of therapists. So you decided to go to massage school. What, mm-hmm. uh, what did your family think? Were they like, this is awesome for you. You'd be great at this. Did they think you were nuts? What were their
1: thoughts? <laughs> well, my son was like, you're going to go back to school? He just turned 15. So he's like, you're going to go back to school? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah." because
0: yeah. well, when you're 15, you and think your mom is so old, right? So
1: he's like, what yeah. do you mean you're going to go back to school? You're my mom. Like, Are you still going to be able to pick me up the bu- from the bus stop, you know? It's oh, like, my God. Yeah. Well, everyone's <laughs> so, And my husband, you know, he's very gracious, and he works from home here so he was able to pick up a lot of slack and at the house and you know just do some things and I basically stopped cooking and they were like, Well that's okay. We all like, you know, hot dogs and hamburgers. So awesome. (laughs) Um, yeah, so they were okay with it. And then I I was like, you know, I do have to practice, right? I would come home from class and my son would go, So mom, what did you learn at school today?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll help you with your homework, Mom. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. He was
1: taking biology too, so he wound up helping me study for some anatomy. And it was kind of kind of fun to be able to do that together.
0: Cute. So I want to talk about the education a little bit because, again, we had somebody on from California and it just seems like the requirements there were drastically different from what we have to do here in Ontario. So I think you had mentioned to me that you went to um, like a public Institution, right? You didn't go to a private massage college, correct?
1: Yeah, I went to Monterey Peninsula College.
0: And how long was the massage program? Two years?
1: No, it's much shorter than that. It's a, a five hundred hour certification.
0: Okay, and that's uh, that's what I, I thought. But yeah, so what um, is in so that five hundred hours?
1: In that five hundred hours is uh, one hundred hours that are completely required by the California Massage Therapy Council, including things like pathology and business and ethics, things like that. I think mm-hmm. fairly standard. I had to take an anatomy class. I had to take massage one and massage two. So they were the big sort of, this is what you do sort of thing. And then I had to take, a com- I could take a combination of sports massage and clinical massage, or I could take sports massage and um, like a, a really basic, but really great um, kinesiology class. So I got okay. a little bit, of a, little bit of, uh, of a few different things. There's a, a, another really great school um, in Carmel Valley that offers more, you know, different modalities, including like uh, cranial sacral and uh, lymphatic drainage and things like that. Those aren't required for as part of the 500 hours. So it was a short, I, I started in September. Oh, yeah, I had to take a lab as well. So where you're offering massage to the, uh, to
0: the community. And then is there some kind of certification exam now that you have to do, or do you just wait for your diploma? Like how soon can you start practicing
1: as a massage therapist? Well, the term certified massage therapist is regulated. You have to be a certified massage therapist to be able to say that you are. Being able to work as a massage therapist is really regulated by each municipality and city. Most of them require that you have to be certified. Um, and in good standing with the CAMTC. Recently, I think last November, they used to have the MBLEX exam that you would have to study for and pass. And for some reason, they suspended the fact that you have to take an MBLEX. So I'm currently, you know, I sent off all of my paperwork. I did my live scan, sent off for my transcripts. I'm just waiting now. They say it takes about three months for everything to come back uh, to be able to be able to practice. So, But I most likely will take the MBLEX at some point uh, because I don't know if they're going to make it that you have to take it again in the future in order to be able to recertify.
0: Mm-hmm. So M-blex. once this three months is up and you're certified...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: what what are your plans? What are you thinking you want to do? Do you want to go into like a spa setting? Do you want to work with athletes? Do you have any idea what type of therapist you're looking to be?
1: Well, you know, the whole idea of helping people, making them feel good has has been something that's really important for me throughout my life. Uh, whether I'm seeing people smile, you know, from in in the concert seats to just really creating a good thing for people. I think At this point, I would really like to work in a spa because I don't feel that I need to maintain, you know, a big studio of continuing stuff. I I did that with singing, uh, with with teaching singing, and that's okay. But I think right now where I am, I would be really, really happy to be able to work in a spa. And there's some great, well, uh, great spas around here that do have a really good reputation, Um, for doing good things and not being of the sort of illicit sort, which there's a lot of those around here too. A lot of which, sorry? (laughs) The illicit sort. Oh, yes. Well, there's
0: this area that I live in. I'm in the east end of Toronto, and we are flooded with holistic spas, with neon signs and blacked out windows. So I know for sure what, uh, what that's like. But... Okay, so you're thinking you want to go into a spa. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like you give off a very calm energy. Like, I didn't know what to expect since we don't know each other. We've only talked via Facebook Messenger. And you're very calm in the way you speak. I mean, I need to bring myself down 10 notches when I get on the mic sometimes because I could talk a million miles a minute and I'm like a little crazy energizer bunny but you seem to have this very calm sort of way that you speak and calm energy and I think that's that's perfect for a spa and you'll be able to help people but not have to not have any, I guess, the stress, like you said, of maintaining a studio or a clinic. You can kind of just go in and see people and make them happy and go home and hang out with your your family and see palm trees out your window. Sounds pretty sweet, actually. I'm getting a little jealous.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would definitely like to do that. Mind you, there are a lot of opportunities here to volunteer um, for sporting events like uh, the Big Sur Marathon and... Right. There's all sorts of marathons through here all the time. So, and they they get um, volunteer things, uh, volunteer opportunities for massage therapists to come in and you know work in a tent and just help the athletes as they come off off their their run. And I was like, you know, I I like to do a vol- volunteering as well. I've seen with a few volunteer groups and done all sorts of things over the years. Um, so that that I think would be a great way to build some confidence. I have to say, I am not an athletic person. And taking sports massage, I was really kind of doubtful of myself and what I was going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. But the way the course was structured, I was like, God damn it, I can really help people here. Because, you know, in talking to my neighbor, because I've I've massaged my family and some friends and that. And it's like, they'll come over with some legitimate things. And I'm like, well, let me take a look here. Let me <laughs> And I look at my trigger point stuff, and I took in all the, you know, and I'm like, well, let me try this. Is this okay? Yeah, you can try it because I'm in pain, and I don't want to be in pain. And
0: like, <laughs> do whatever
1: you yeah, want. Like, Just fix me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's it's nice. I guess personally, I'm not quite confident with you know working with an athlete you know, where this is kind of, I perform or I don't. And and that's, that's a little too much pressure for me, I think right now.
0: Yeah. Well, plus you just finished and that is a lot of pressure, right? The beautiful thing about working with athletes though, and again, we've talked about this multiple times is athletes will listen. Athletes will do whatever their therapist recommends because they have, a massive goal in sight, you know like they 've got something to lose, they need to be functioning properly, they need to get back into their sport, so athletes are probably some of the best clients in terms of uh, compliance, actually just doing doing the home care you give them, showing up for their appointments, going on whatever treatment plan you recommend. Um, But I get it. Working with somebody and knowing that they have so much to lose, that is a lot of pressure for a brand new therapist unless you're somebody that's like super into the idea of doing sports
1: massage. That's really interesting to know that about um, athletes that, you know, they actually do listen. So thank you.
0: Yeah, athletes are athletes are fantastic. And in terms of doing the volunteering at the runs, um, we did that when I was in school as part of our outreach program so we had we had the clinic as you did you know you said you had to do a lab where you had to you had to treat The general public. We had to do that as well. And then we had to do a certain number of outreach hours where we went to sporting events or did volunteer work at, you know, um, I did one in a nursing home. There's places that do um, outreaches with like the MS society or like different things. So you get exposure to different types of clients. And so um, I did quite a few of the marathons and I loved working with the runners. Uh, But let me prepare you for something. One, they are literally like a sponge, like a squishy squishy sponge <laughs> full of sweat. <laughs> um, and yeah, you don't need lotion or oil or any. They' just you just glide right over them. They are slick when they come off that run, and their clothes are soaked. A lot of them have chafing all up and down their legs. Um, and the psychological impact for some of the people who maybe it's their first run or even maybe not, when they, get on your table. I've had multiple marathon runners literally break down on the table, like just crying, so much emotion, so much. It's just that run takes a lot out of people physically, mentally, emotionally. So, um, I think it would be a cool experience for you, but yeah, it'll it'll give you a mm. lot of different aspects to massage therapy because you'll see a lot of things and spasms. You'll get people coming off their run and their gastrocs are in spasm, and you've got to deal with that person who's screaming because their their legs are spasming. It's a it was quite a learning experience for me as a student. My first marathon, I was like, holy shit, maybe I made a mistake about this massage thing. <laughs> It was a little scary. It was it was pretty intense, but you know what? Just jump right in, right? Jump right into the deep end and get your get your hands dirty. Yeah. Did I totally just yeah. scare you off of doing scary. that?
1: <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, one of my instructors at the college, uh, talking about you know what I, what do I want to do? What do you what do you want to do? You want to continue studying? What do you want to do? And like, and one of the best pieces of information and advice that she gave me was. Just go and do it. If you want to do it, do it. Because you know, there's no sense in being tentative about it. You know, I I know when to when I say no. I I don't I don't feel confident enough to be, actually be able to do this because I want to, you know, make sure that I'm not hurting people, <laughs> especially for critical things like athletes and that. So I'm the type of person to really study up. I'm the clinical massage class didn't go this summer, and although I didn't need to take it, I was still really interested in it because. It seems that all the other students that I had talked to had gotten a lot out of it. So I'm currently reading the textbook, you know, for fun. <laughs> so I tend to get as well informed as possible.
0: Which is great. I think that anybody who's serious about this profession will do that. Like, I mean, I know I'm biased considering that the other part of what we do here is um, our continuing education company, ConEd Institute. And Mark and I started that. Um, sort of part-time back in, you know, 2012, 2013, because we felt like, you know, you learn the basics when you're in school, right? You learn how to be safe and somewhat effective in treating clients. But if you want to be really effective, if you want to be really great at what you do, you have to be constantly learning. You have to keep up to date with new research and, you know, it, it, you, you have to be constantly educating yourself. So um, Con Ed was sort of Mark's baby from work way back. And I love that we get so many repeat students because these people are so serious about just learning everything and wanting to know everything so that they can be the best therapist for their clients. And it's awesome. We have like... We have the best people who come into this place. I'm actually really happy with uh, pretty much every student that's ever come through here. They're just really awesome. So if any of you are listening, I love you guys. Even though I'm not directly teaching you, I'm here. Sometimes you see me wandering in and out, but it's, it's been really good. So that's awesome that you're, you're already sort of doing extra education and you haven't even started practicing
1: yet. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I think it's really important. They don't have a CE component here in California at all. And I'm oh. hoping that as they're revising the massage law and the the sort of statutes by which we have to comply under CAMTC, personally, I'm really hoping that they make that something that that needs to be done, even if it's like ten hours a year or something. I don't know. I think it's easy to get complacent, and yeah, to understand um, you know new treatments available, and new products, and and new uh, you know just what other research is out there about. Neuropathy or something like that and how it can pertain to what we're doing. I think it's, it's important to keep, keep your eyes open and your ears open about that.
0: Sort of 100% and yes becoming complacent is something that I think happens to a lot of therapists without them even realizing it like I don't think that these therapists are necessarily lazy or whatever it's just I mean I'm guilty of it myself you kind of get used to your way of treating your style of treating and you get comfortable with it and you've got a lot of repeat clients and so you kind of just get into this flow and all of a sudden I have to like sort of kick myself and like, no, 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 no. Like, what am I doing here that's working? What isn't working? You know, if I have a client who I've been seeing for the same condition for what feels like too long, I'm like, okay, I'm obviously not giving the best treatment I could be giving. And I have to reevaluate and look at, you know, Am I becoming complacent? And yeah, sometimes I am. And it's important to catch yourself. And I think continuing education is a great way. Even going to a class that's like a review class. Like I've sat in on anatomy review classes or biomechanics review classes. This is stuff I've learned, but you forget about it if you're not using it in everyday practice.
1: I did a similar thing a few years ago. Um, I mean, I went to Brock University for Music over 20 years ago. And I'm sitting in a choir rehearsal one night, and the conductor said, Guys, I hate to ask you this, but he said, I have a a first year theory class that's going on that isn't going to go because they have to have a minimum number of people um, to make the class go. He's like, And so if anyone wants to take it, you know, I'd be really happy because these kids, you know, they're Monterey Peninsula College is like a feeder two year associate's degree program for CSUMB and for the Cal State and for the the USC, like the um, University of California colleges, universities, I guess, colleges, they still call it college, which is very confusing. Very um, confusing. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, is it, am I at a college or what am I? Okay. We are anyway.
0: Canadian, so we'll never get it.
1: No, I just <laughs> don't get it. So I was like, you know, it's been like 24 years since I took a theory course. I'm sure I could bone up on a few things. So I took it and... I was like, okay, I know all this, but the way that he was teaching it, I I had like, you know, V8 moments going, wow, Mm -hmm. that makes things so much easier. So these, you know, a review class is, yeah, it really helped me with that, that I was able to bring into other things music. And I was like, that'd be a really cool thing for them if they get this off. You know, eventually,
0: if that happens, and
1: things like that would be really great.
0: Oh, if that happens, I mean, Mark and I have talked about this, and yeah, you know, we're 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 sort of half joking, but I think there's some seriousness to it. Not any time in the near future, since our children are so little, but we have talked about the idea of, you know, if there are states or places in the states that have um ce requirements and there's like an approval process like maybe we should look into getting approved and maybe we do some travel and we travel to the states and we work there like there's Mm -hmm. i don't know i get excited about the idea that we could possibly visit some of these places that we dream of living but then mark doesn't want to go anywhere with natural disasters
1: so we stay here Snowstorms don't count as natural disasters.
0: <laughs> oh, we were born and raised in Canada, like in Toronto. Like a snowstorm is just like it, we don't even notice. Like, oh, it's oh, it's snowing. All right, that's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I guess to people who have always lived in California, it's like oh, another earthquake. So I'll call you later. There's an earthquake. Like it's yeah. nothing, right? So yeah,
1: I mean, they're the big the big ones that they've had have been pretty catastrophic. I mean, yeah, uh, the one in 1989 that hit Santa Cruz, it was the Loma Prieta one, that moved the Salinas uh, River, which is down here at our end, you know, like 60, 40 miles away from where it happened. It moved where the Salinas River went into the Monterey Bay by seven miles. Oh, wow. They have some profound effects, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Well, I mean, it scares the crap out of me as well. It's not just him, but, you know, I let him believe that uh, he's the reason that we don't live somewhere
1: warm. (laughs) I was going to say, Monterey is actually pretty damn perfect. It's um, actually a little on the cool side. Our most beautiful months are September and October, and the weather is in the like, I want to say 26 to 29 Celsius during those months. (laughs) Oh, that is perfect. And perfect. About twenty percent humidity, and then the rest of the year is—I mean, winter time is from like November to February, and you you get into the fifties during the day, like fifty Fahrenheit.
0: But it's are you are you speaking to are you speaking to a Canadian in Fahrenheit? Yeah. A little,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I grew up with both, in, even in Canada, so it's like you know maybe about ten Celsius in the winter. And then it's about 15 to 20 Celsius the rest of the year, except for September and October when it's, you know, you get the really nice warm temperatures. Oh, so it's just, it's just comfortable all year round. It's just like perfect. You don't sweat. I wear sandals all year round and uh, I have like all these tropical plants growing in my yard. It's really kind of freaky. I'm like, don't they just grow in pots? No. (laughs) Wow. I need to reconsider
0: some things here. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I wanted to talk to you since this is the whole reason that that we're recording today is because you sent me a message because you listen to the podcast, which is awesome. So I'm curious, um, one, how did you find us?
1: Well, um, again, was looking for more information and to hear from more massage professionals. So I thought, well, you know, I like podcasts in the past. Uh, Let me just see if there's anything on a podcast that I could check into. And um, they're... I looked on iTunes and I didn't find too, too much. And I found yours and I'm like, well, this sounds neat. And I just press play and it's like, welcome, welcome to massage therapy. I, I love, I love that you just did And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God! It's my people. <laughs>
0: I am so I'm glad you just did that. Let me <laughs> let me tell you a story that's never been told on this podcast. But because you just did that, you get to hear it first. Yeah, is okay. So I'll give you the, a brief history of the podcast. It was something that um, it was Mark's idea. He said, "Let's do a podcast." And I was like, "About what? Like, who wants to listen to us talk?" But okay. And uh, one day he just said to me, like, "Okay, I think we should start this podcast. What do you want to call it?" And I'm like, "I don't." I don't know, we're just two massage therapists. And I was like, Oh, I'm like, let's do it like that Beck song. I'm like, he's like, What? I'm like two massage therapists and a microphone. Then he's like, Great, awesome. So I, I came up with this name. And I thought it was just another one of those things that we talk about, like moving to California and it was never gonna happen. And uh the very next day he had recorded an episode like by himself. He just recorded an intro, like this is gonna be so I listened to it and I was like, okay, cool and we kind of just went from there we didn't really have a plan we didn't know what it was going to be and the first few episodes he started with the welcome welcome you're listening to our podcast so that is not a pre-recorded intro he does that every time and one day we we sat down to record something and i can't even remember what he said but he didn't go welcome welcome and i stopped him i'm like no I'm like, that is the thing now. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you have to start every episode that way. And uh, he was like, okay. So then it it just became his thing. And then there's been episodes that I've done the interview all by myself, like today. And the first one I was doing, I said to him, well, I, I don't know what to do. He's like, what do you mean? I, said, I, I don't know how to start it without you. Like, I I don't know what to say. <laughs> and he's like, well, just do it like I do. Welcome. And I said, no, you can't steal somebody's thing. Like, that is that's you. I can't do it. So I just started, you know, I very generic, I just say, like, welcome everybody and just start talking. So we are right in the middle of piecing together a really kind of cool episode because just a couple days ago was our one year anniversary, our birthday of starting the podcast. Oh. So we are putting together a birthday episode of highlights from our first season. And Mark thought it would be funny to throw in a few like welcome, welcomes, welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome. So that's <laughs> coming at you very soon. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Yeah. I think I heard it's so it, funny. coming at you from Toronto, Canada. I'm like, oh Jesus, I have to listen to this now. If not just for the nostalgia and to hear hear my people, you know it's like, yeah, and then it's like, man, you guys are really informative and not afraid to talk about the real shit so that, that so then it's like, hey, have you guys heard of a podcast at all? Do you listen to any massage podcast Didn't know there were any. Well, let me tell you, awesome, I love that you are spreading the
0: word it's It's so fun when people send us messages from. California, or like, you know, we've had people from uh, different states. I have interviewed um, Mindy Totten. She's from, uh, oh my goodness, North Carolina. Gee, Mm -hmm. she's gonna kill me. Like, we've talked so many times. But I interviewed her on the podcast. And then she actually interviewed me for a uh, bodyworker masterclass series that she was doing. So I was part of that and it's so cool that i've kind of like made this friend in the industry who's in north carolina you know like we're we're so far from each other yet i feel like i know her and you know we'll send each other messages on facebook and instagram like how's things going there you know what's it's just yeah i love the podcast for that it feels like our massage community's so much smaller now and i'm talking to people from everywhere because of this podcast
1: it's it's great and uh, some of my classmates were like what's the name of that one again? And I'm like, okay. And so they've been listening to it too. And, uh, you know, they were like, wow, there's some really great information on there. So I told my professors about it.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Well, yeah. I I love that you're spreading the word. And yes, there's a lot of great information. And we realized through doing the birthday episode that we've sort of got this whole Um, Like the full spectrum, like there's some very serious episodes. There's some very informative episodes. There's some, you know, where we have guests on who are doing really cool things in the industry. We have some, you know, we've had really important people in the industry on. And then we've got the ones that are just nonsense. And it's just so much fun because we don't have to be serious all the time. I mean, yes, we're massage therapists, but we're people. And it's so fun to just talk to people and hear stories about people. And uh, the ones where we spend half the time laughing are some of my favorite, even though there's not a ton of super educational information in
1: those ones. (laughs) Well, maybe from your vantage point, but I mean, for me, listening to the unprofessional hour, it's like, I'm, I'm not taking notes, but I'm mentally taking notes going, okay, in this situation, this has worked, and in this situation, this has not worked, and Just stay the fuck out of this situation yeah. <laughs> it's like it, it's it's informative in in a lot more ways than you might think you know what that's a really good point, and something i've never thought about before, so
0: you just taught me something today is that yeah, somebody who is new to the industry or not even in it yet, listening to more seasoned therapists talk about some of the crazy shit that happens Mm -hmm. would be would be a little bit of an eye-opener because I wouldn't have thought uh, half of this stuff that I've heard on the unprofessional hour I never would have imagined in my wildest dreams when I first started massage therapy school that this was the kind of stuff that I was going to encounter so that's a really good point I'm glad that it was helpful for you
1: (laughs) yeah really helpful and um you know, the the ones, the episodes about, um, you know, those quote-unquote holistic centers that aren't terribly holistic. Oh, yes. Um, and then the ensuing one with that manager or the owner of that one spa in Toronto. I was like, okay, I should be kind of like, eh, I don't really want to listen to this. But it was really intriguing and really informative. And it made me happy to see that back home there has been, some movement in a different di- direction that way, you know?
0: It, yeah. Yeah. We just, uh, we just re-listened to parts of that episode. Cause again, like I said, we're putting together some highlights and the part that stuck out was the beginning of the episode me saying, I'm incredibly uncomfortable to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I had to be honest with her. Like it, it, this is, this is your reality. This is what you do every day is you come yeah. to this erotic massage spa and you've got women walking around half naked and this is just what you do but as a born and raised you know westerner very modest kind of you know I was my parents are Catholic like we weren't uber religious or anything but I was raised Catholic and in North America where we're like the biggest prudes in the world it's not normal to just walk into a place and people are walking around half naked as if this is just normal This is just normal life I was incredibly uptight and uncomfortable but throughout the interview I loosened up a little bit and realized she's just a person who has a very Interesting job.
1: Yeah, interesting, interesting was
0: interesting. the best best word I could come up with. <laughs> Super
1: interesting job.
0: Uh, so you listened to that series. Was there any? Was there any particular episode or episodes that really stuck out to you that you felt like were very helpful to you going through school?
1: Let's see. Um, helpful through school. I think all of them were. Although there was one I listened to um, about. Sports massage and that there is going to be a new uh, sort of overarching nationwide sports massage organization. Is that like in the works right now?
0: Um, I don't know what's going on with like regular in that in that area. I I don't do sports massage. But uh, um, was that the interview with was it Jason White? I think so. So I'm going to okay. go back and listen to that one again because that's yeah. we were just listening to parts of that last night. I'm going to go back and listen to it and see what you're talking about and get back to you because mm-hmm. I actually am not 100% sure what's going on with that.
1: That one I found really interesting. And then the the one about is your school like doing exactly what you think it should be and talking mm. about like, the admissions and the registrar and what the job of the, some of these private schools were to come, you know, as a massage school versus, you know, other institutions. I found that one really enlightening. And I went, you know, if you're thinking about it from like the healthcare industry, whose job is it to keep people sick and on medications or something?
0: You know, mm-hmm. Whose mm-hmm. job
1: is it to keep them doing this sort of thing? So it looking at that, it, I could draw some parallels into so what role does a massage therapist have here in California? I'm sure, you know, because the schooling is so different in Ontario, that a massage therapist has a much different uh sort of scope of practice in some regards um that you can you know not diagnose or anything, but you can do testing and and things like that. So it's it's interesting to to draw parallels from that and what's going on in Ontario and and what what is my role going to be in all that? So I found that episode really enlightening too.
0: That yeah, that episode. Um, I think some people definitely took it the wrong way. I think some people thought we were attacking. Uh, all private institutions, which actually was not the intent. It was uh, more so to talk about there are just so many massage schools and there are some that do an amazing job, private schools included, and both private and public. At the end of the day, everything's a business, exactly what you just said. You draw it to parallel to anything, anything, healthcare, education, all of these that we consider, you know, sort of basic human rights, it's still a business. Everything is driven by Business. And, you know, you hope that the places that you're going to are acting ethically. But in our industry, even, there are a lot of people who are skeptical about chiropractors. I'll use them as an example because I know I've used them before, where they go see a chiropractor and they come out saying things like, Oh, well, you know, I heard you get addicted or, you know, I heard they put you on these ridiculous treatment plans. They make you come multiple times a week and it's all a money grab. And absolutely, there are probably some chiropractors, some massage therapists, some physiotherapists that do run their business like that. You know, they do rebook people when they don't need it just to have that extra income. But there's a lot of people, and I think majority, or I hope majority of the people that work in this type of industry are doing it for the right reasons and are trying to discharge people who no longer need treatment and are putting people on appropriate treatment plans and are not just doing it for the money. Um, like I've said multiple times as well, I don't know many people who got into massage therapy for the money. Um, if you don't know yet, you're about to have a big surprise. We don't make a ton of money, <laughs> mm-hmm. but but it's you know it it is absolutely true that everything is a business. And so yeah, that episode was to show that there are some schools that aren't necessarily holding up their end of the bargain and giving the best quality of education for the amount of money that you're paying. Mm -hmm. And so then when you get out into the world, you realize, shit, like I don't know how to deal with this stuff. I don't know how to properly help my clients because I wasn't taught
1: what to do. Mm -hmm. It's sad, but it's true. The other episode that I found, it's like there's so many episodes that I found have been very helpful for me or at least really interesting and intriguing and making me think, and that was um, the one about placebo. Well, there was a lot of discussion of surrounding placebo. Mm-hmm. Not really with um, with Brian Fulton. He's the yeah. author of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's from St. Catharines too. So He is, yes. Wait like, hey a minute. That's kind of cool. So I found that one really interesting as well.
0: I loved that episode actually because it just fits so well with, like, for example, since you're, Canadian. Um, You know what the RMTAO is? Yes? No? Maybe? Mm -hmm. Yes. The Registered Massage Therapy Association (laughs) of Ontario. Um, They had a conference just recently um, and the entire theme of the conference was the biopsychosocial model of pain. And so the placebo effect, as Brian sort of explained it, really fits in with the psycho and social aspect of dealing with your clients and so yeah that one i was super interested in i could have sat there and talked to him all day but we were actually um recording from his kitchen and he has cats and mark's very allergic to cats so we had to make it quick Yeah, that well, was that fun was a
1: really interesting episode too.
0: well, it's so awesome to talk to people who have been listening and who are getting value out of it because, as I said, we really we go into this not necessarily having a plan. our mission with the podcast is. To keep it focused on people because that's what's interesting to me and I assume that's what's interesting to a lot of people. I think it's more interesting to hear personal perspectives and personal accounts of certain things rather than hearing what you hear out of a textbook because if you wanted that, you could go read a book. Yeah. Um So keeping it focused on people, having people on who can show us different sides of things. So, you know, we've had people on who are very hardcore, um, evidence-based practitioners. We've had people on who are more into um, like the holistic type of work. We've had people on who do reflexology and Reiki. We've had sports massage therapists. We've had... Um, yeah, all of these different, different types of therapists. And then people who are not massage therapists at all, but are, can give information to massage therapists that's valuable. So we had um, Lydia on, the, um, the lawyer that works with massage therapists. I don't know if you heard that episode. And we've had, um, oh, there was somebody else I was going to mention other than Lydia Uh, Oh, we're actually planning to do an episode very soon with somebody who does commercial real estate, just stuff that, you know, might be helpful to Mm -hmm. massage therapists. So really, that's our goal. We don't have a huge plan, but to have people on that can give information that's going to help therapists, not only in Ontario, but anywhere, really. And also to start talking about things, as you said, talking about the real shit, and getting therapists to start a discussion. And it has been so cool to have such a positive response. Don't get me wrong. We get some hate, but we get a lot <laughs> more love. So <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I think it's been
1: really great, great to listen to.
0: Well, that's awesome. Is there anything that you want to chat about before we, we
1: end off tonight? Mm, no, I don't think so. I mean, I've, I've, I kind of stumbled into the massage thing. So that was really interesting to find out that there are other things out there. And now there's Facebook groups and other places I can go and take some interesting workshops. And, and um, I have, you know, as, as I go through this, I found two other massage therapists who are also professional singers. And it, it's like, wow, there really is a thread going through like this. So, it, but it, it's something that, uh, you know, it's part of my journey that I, This is where I am right now. And I I find it's really interesting how my little interest can maybe make a difference with a loved one here and there or someone or someone in a spa down the road. Who knows? The whole interconnectedness of having a podcast, having Facebook groups and things, they can be a really great tool for for something that's kind of obscure. It's like I wouldn't have known where to go to, to even learn about massage. Had my massage therapist that, you know, treated me so well and helped me be able to move, you know, had she not gone to NBC. So, you know, it's like the whole interconnectedness of it all and then actually being able to put your hands on someone. It's a pretty magical thing to be able to have all of that winding up working and Helping someone and furthering your own self along.
0: Well, I am so excited for you. It sounds like you are already in the right mindset. You already sound like every massage therapist I know. So that's perfect. <laughs> um, and I can't wait to actually talk to you once you start getting your hands dirty a little bit and you you get really into it and start seeing clients and see you know how your perspective has changed or not or you know what else you're yeah. going to do. So right now, fresh out of school, you're saying you want to work in a spa ah, we might talk in a year from now and you could be working with a sports team. Who knows? There's so many possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been really fun to just hang out and chat about nothing and everything all at the same time. It's my favorite thing to do in life. So Great, if there's... If there's nothing else that you want to chat about, then I say let's wrap it up here. And um, for everybody listening, thanks for listening to us talk about everything and nothing. You have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone tonight with Amanda and Jody.